Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, Trent Condon. Score. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, the first day of December. We're going to talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you spending some of that uh, time here with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list. Busy, busy show uh, today. Coming up, we were going to start, well, we are going to start with Kevin Lehman who's got a Valley game tonight. We'll catch up with Kevin Lehman. He did the uh, Iowa-Georgia Tech game the other night. Catch, uh, in particular, want to start with uh, uh, the health scare that he went through, that he um, clued everybody in on the broadcast on, was it Tuesday? Tuesday night. It was Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday night. So Kevin Lehman is going to join us. Glad that he's turned the corner health-wise. We'll get the latest from Kevin as Jimmy V week goes on, and he's obviously got a, a lot to thank. Uh, very grateful uh, for those people in that uh, foundation and the folks that uh, over in Iowa City uh, at the hospital, the uh, treatment that he received as he had a lymphoma scare. But he will join us to kick things off. And then we're going to get into the NFL. We'll start with Dave Sinekin on the Packers. Uh, Brett Favre, they got a, Brett Favre. Uh, why do I always say that? It's, it's just, just wild, It's right? stuck in your mind. It is. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the, perhaps the Packers have an Aaron Rodgers problem. Not this year, but next year. We'll talk about that uh, as the season is... Sadly, for the Packers, for the first time in a long time, December is not going to be, in all likelihood, very meaningful to the Packers or their fan base. You might be a mo- little more sad about that than I am. No, true. You're a Bears fan. <laughs> yeah, right. If I said the same thing to my son, he would say, you weren't talking about the old thing. Have you lost it? Uh, he's a Vikings fan. Uh, then we will uh, talk uh, to Nick Athen on the Chiefs. Boy, Chiefs-Bengals this week is pretty good. It's a pretty good slate of games in the NFL this week, if you get right down to it. We'll kick off the second hour by heading north with Dane Mazzatani. He covers the Vikings, also covers the Minnesota Wilds. So we'll double dip there. Maybe some twin stuff as well, as they send him all over the Twin Cities to cover uh, sporting events. We'll get Dane Mazzatani to kick off the second hour. Bill Bender on the news that the Rose Bowl has signed off. The college football playoff will begin, not next year, but the 23 into 2024 uh, season. Uh, which is just going to be spectacular. I was looking at the layout of it. We'll get to that in a second. Um, and we'll do that. And then Claxon's Barbecue. We'll give four of you an opportunity to win some barbecue from our friends at Claxon's before we get out of here uh, at 1 o'clock. Make way for Murph and Andy, who will do likewise for the drive at 3. How are you? How did you do betting-wise? Oh, we had a good day. Handed out 10 picks yesterday, 6 and 4. That's a Take 60% it. clip. You're winning at that percentage. You're making money. Making money in a big-time way. There's a lot of pros out there that would sign up for that. We're already off to a one-and-one start today. What did you play? I'm Soccer? playing World Cup, yes, uh-huh. and uh, we're looking for a little more this afternoon, looking for a big dog. 
not playing a full unit on these ones, but both Costa Rica against Germany and Japan against Spain. So you like the prices. Plus 750 for Japan, 25 to 1 for Costa Rica. Why not? Take a yeah, shot. Take a shot, right? Got a hunch, bet a bunch. Well, we didn't do that. We just put a couple bucks on it, but a <laughs> little bit of fun for this afternoon before a big slate of basketball. I guess how many basketball games I have tonight. Uh, there's a couple of really good ones. I mean, Creighton and uh, Creighton and Texas right off the bat. That's uh-huh. a six o'clock tip. You know what? There's a pretty good NFL game tonight too. There is, and I was leaning towards the Patriots, and then I read our friend Frank Schwab's uh, column this morning talking about the point spread and yeah, the movement. Yeah, much it's moved, and it it kind of held me. Stay away from it just a uh-huh. little bit. So it opened at, what, five, five and a half? Yep. Got down to three and a half at one point yesterday and back up to four. I read the same piece that you read on that Schwab put out. Because I got it at plus five and a half on Monday, minus 105. And now I'm starting to maybe second guess myself. Or maybe I just try for a middle, especially if it gets back down to three. And then I have both four and five. That mm-hmm. would be the middling opportunity there and, and likely a three push on one side. So... I'm uh, I'm back and forth on that one a little bit. It's in my in my app right now, the Action Network app, where you can follow along with all of my picks. But it's sitting in there right now. Possibility of a possible hedge though coming up, and there's always live betting too. Yes, there is. Uh, you can do a lot of things on that app. Well, let's uh, before we get into the college football playoff, let's do the basketball from yesterday. Uh, Drake was up first time wise, so we'll start with Drake. They uh, do not get off on the right mm. foot in the valley, but Trent, I'll tell you, that was one entertaining basketball game, especially. Like the first 20 minutes, it was all Sycamores. It, it was. was all Indiana State in that first. Now, Drake made a little bit of a run to make it relatively close. They cut it under double digits uh, after the first 20 minutes. But, man, oh, man, uh, down the stretch in that game, Drake's got a lead. And then Avila uh, and DeVries come together, and the call went against DeVries. Avila gets the ball down the floor. They go. He makes a three-pointer. Um, and it was it was really, really fun to watch. It really was. Fun night last night of just basketball overall. You know, Iowa State will get to them for a mm-hmm. moment. They were in a, a dogfight for a while with North Dakota. You and I played well for the first couple yep. minutes of the game, and then things just completely collapsed. Well, didn't they leave it the, at the half? Yeah, yeah. and uh, they were up, I think, right away, 9-2, something like that. They uh-huh. came out on fire. So it was a bounce around. It felt like college basketball yeah, was really back in our, I agree with in our life. And now the frustrating part is trying to do it on the app on the TV. It's not quite as easy yeah. as bouncing around and going back and forth as you would with just normal three broadcasts. Mm-hmm. But to Drake in that one, it wasn't one of those games where you walk away. Right? You're the preseason favorite. You're the prohibitive betting favorite right. to win the MVC. I walked away really impressed by Indiana State. I did too. And and that Sycamore team. It's going to be a race. Not only do they have you know a couple of dudes, which most teams in the Valley mm-hmm. do, they got depth on that team. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's a very deep team, mm-hmm. which I was really surprised by. I walked away. Eight guys play double-digit minutes. More impressed by Indiana State than disappointed by Drake. Would that be fair to say? Uh, yeah, because I don't think we... I mean, we had a pretty good idea that Drake was going to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, not knowing what... At least me. I won't speak for you. I didn't know about you know what Indiana State had coming back. But I, I was impressed by them uh, yesterday as well. Look, Roman Penn was out of his mind in yeah. that game. But you know what? It, it was our guy, Trent. It, it was it was Sturt again. Drawing a couple of charges in the first uh, in the first half of that basketball game. He's just a smart player. You know, mm-hmm. the hard hat that they came up with last year, that fits his game. He is such a... He's, he's he's not athletic. He's a will guy, not a skill guy. Absolutely. And I and I don't think that that's disparaging to him at all. I think he would take that and say, yeah, that fits. I'm, I'm happy with that moniker. That's how he plays the game. He's just so smart. Um, and he was a 
if Drake would have put that one in the win column, he would have had a big role. Now you look at his, you look at the bottom, well, what are you talking about? And he had seven points. Mm-hmm. So much more than that. He had 13 rebounds. He, he led his team in rebounding, and it wasn't even close. He six Garrett five. Sturts did. <laughs> six five, and like you said, not the most athletic guy no. out there. It is just smart basketball, yes. high IQ. Right angles, right spot. That's it, exactly. And if you played hoops, and I'm sure it's the same thing for hockey, just those guys that you just know. Mm -hmm. There's something about them. They just know the game in a certain way, and and they see it, and it slows down for them. And that is Sturts. What was up with DeVries missing free throws? Trent, that was alarming, especially the two at the end. My God. That was a huge. Those were huge. And, uh, you know, we talked a a little bit. Two or three straight at the end of the game. It might have been three, It was three, yeah. I think all three of those misses were, were late in the game. They were. So, Sardir Calhoun, mm-hmm. first out of the scene, the Texas Tech transfer. Yep. He said, boy, look out. Yeah. They get Roman Penn healthy, and he got yeah. this dude. Yeah. And since that start, yeah. he's been bad. He didn't make a shot yesterday. No. And this is now three consecutive games. Against Tarleton State in the championship of their mm-hmm. exempt tournament, no points. Yeah. Next game against Louisiana over the weekend, no points. Yikes. And then one point on a free throw last night. Yeah. Well, we know he can do it. Right, yeah. right. That, that's the good news here. Yeah. But whatever is happening right now, they need more. Him, him and Sanford need to get together. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know what it going is. Going through one of those shooting slumps, and they're going to happen. I mean, they, yep. they happen to most everybody. But not alarming, concerning. How about that? Maybe a better way to look at uh, w- it. Well put. Uh, Larry Morgan on the call last night at Hilton College. Didn't that feel weird, though? It did. And you know what? Yes. I saw. I had a couple of people text me mm-hmm. uh, and said, you know what? As a Hawkeye fan, a longtime Hawkeye fan, this just doesn't feel it, right. That was my thought right away. Uh-huh. It, was, it was almost jarring. It was almost yeah. jarring to me just to, to see Hilton, the court, Mm-hmm. And Larry's voice, right. it was just so weird. That's my youth. I mean, that is <laughs> my sports fandom. Right. More than anything is Iowa basketball. Yeah. Goslin and Morgan. That is what got me to be a huge sports fan, is those Thursday nights in the winter, yeah. watching Iowa basketball and hearing them call the game. And just to see it, just, I'm sitting there, and it just, it felt so odd. <laughs> it was. One of those just mind meld kind of moments that I had. He's last had night. to have done one or two of them on ESPN. That's a good Plus question. Or, well, and we what, get Larry on, you know, usually once a year. We'll, well have to do we that had again. him on, uh, you know, when Mac died. Right. Uh, what was what preceded ESPN Plus? What was Raycom? The, no, Raycom. but what what was he? There, there was another ESPN, not not ESPN three. Wasn't there something else that that? There's ESPN Plus. Yeah, Plus ESPN three, ESPN Plus. Wasn't there something else? Maybe I'm mistaken. It was the ESPN Plus, not with the plus symbol. Okay. But ESPN Plus spelled out. Spelled out. Gotcha. And it had the yes. yellow, yellow yes. kind of moniker yes. with it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering if it, um, that couldn't have been his first game at Hilton. No. Well, I'm trying I mean, I'm to. Not, as, as doing it, you know, not when the Hawks are in town. Or, well, and another thing that I wonder, back the formation of the Iowa Television Network, the Hawkeye Television mm-hmm. Network that was syndicated across the state, that was before Iowa State had anything. Were those Iowa State games all on at that time? I've told you before in North Ooh, Iowa they weren't. Right. Uh, I remember. Um, I remember Dave Armstrong doing a bunch. I remember sure. John Walters doing a bunch. But that was Gary a little Thompson. bit later. I'm talking back more in the '80s. See, I didn't get here late '89. Right. Yeah. Well, somebody will have to help us uh-huh. out with the history lesson on that front. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. There's no way that's the first time he's no. ever had a game in Hill. No. 
No, I, I don't think. It was, but it was weird, right? And the it game was. itself, look, I'm not surprised and I'm not alarmed. I think if you're a Cyclone fan today and you're only up a bucket at halftime and it's North Dakota from the Summit League for crying out loud, I don't know where they're going to fit in the Summit if they're middle of the pack team, mm-hmm. if they're upper echelon. But you're you're a 23rd ranked team in the country and just beat the, the number one ranked team in the country this past weekend. You know, you and you were, how big of a favorite did you say? 26? 23 and a half, 23? I think it was, yeah. Okay. Um, Twenty-four and a half. Twenty-four and a half. You know, take care of business. You're only up a bucket at the end of the at, at the end of twenty minutes, but you can kind of see it coming, right? That was an emotional, left a lot on the floor um, tournament uh, this past weekend in Portland. The, the the gauntlet that you had to run into and successful in two out of the three games. You won the basketball game, and mm-hmm. you won it by what nineteen, I think, in the end. Um, so you pulled away. I, I think the story I came away with yesterday again is Lipsy. Yes. It's Lipsy. His ability to get yes. to the rim. Trent, this is, look, it's not the Big 12 yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but they they played some competition this past weekend. It's There's going to be some nights uh, in January and February that, it, that, that the freshman looks like a freshman. But there's nights that we've seen right now that he looks anything but. And Caleb Grill hitting shots in Hilton. How about and, that? And I know it's become... And it's a good thing he did, by the way. Yes. Ha, ha, ha. He can't shoot... It's a real thing. Yeah, yeah, seemingly. Last year, he shot, what was it, under 20% from three in Hilton? Is that what it was? It was something like eight of 45. No, I know it was bad. It was bad. It was really Mm -hmm. bad. And because of that, it's not just a joke. It was something that was real. And yes, it's North Dakota. And that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But it was at Hilton. And just that confidence. And the confidence. And after what happened, the North Carolina game where he was on fire. And then as bad as he was shooting. The college basketball world was talking about him on Saturday. Caleb Grill. And then what happened against UConn? He doesn't get a shot. Right. To bounce back, to do it at Uh Hilton. These are all building block moments. Grand scheme of things, you got the win. Yeah, absolutely. It was tough, emotional. You found a way. And though they were lethargic at times offensively, Mm -hmm. and there were struggles, Mm -hmm. boy, that team on the defensive end. Oh, they just guard you. They are so dang tough. And and having Lipsy at the front of that. Well, how many turnovers did North Dakota end up with? 18. Jesus. Yeah. And it felt like 28. It did. It felt like a bunch. Uh, Robert Jones. Rob Jones. How about the skyhook? The guy just brings energy off the bench, right? He is exactly what the team needs. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you another guy that I didn't know too much about, this Watson kid. I like him. I like him, too. Mm -hmm. He's long. He's lanky. He's a good rebounder. Mm -hmm. Only 6'6", but plays bigger than that, Uh it feels like. Yeah, had some big boards yesterday. I really like what they have there coming off the bench. And I I continue to go back to it, but when Trey King is eligible. Yeah, and that's coming. He's a guy that was a scorer. Yeah, in the past, <laughs> excuse me. Cough it up, Adam boy. I know where you're going. It's it's gonna. They're gonna find minutes for him. Yes, a bench guy that can yeah. come in and get you eight, ten, twelve mm-hmm. a game. This team, we know that's necessary, right? That that's yes, what they that's absolutely. they need more help offensively. Without a doubt, Gabe Kalsher is what he is. Mm-hmm. Gonna have some nights. Gonna have a lot of eh, right. nights. Not so much. But at the defensive end of the floor, he's gonna do what he does. Mm-hmm. And Caleb Grill, when he's missing his shots at the defensive end of the floor, he's gonna do what he does. And he's really good defensively. And Holmes will guard you. Yeah, yeah, because he could make shot last night. Nope. What did he make one? Is that what it was? I think it was. He was one of six. One of one of, six, one of eight. One of eight's what he finished. Okay. And two of four from the free throw line. Yeah, that's a tough night. 
and he and he's off to a good start offensively. Mm-hmm. But it's Lipsy to me is the is the t- Lipsy, Jones and Watson. Those were my three guys that uh, stuck with me uh, tonight into today and the, and the Larry Morgan piece of yes. it all. Let's get to the college football playoff because it is here. Have you seen what it would look like this year? And and, and maybe even more important, at least to me, than what it would look like when it would happen. The the games when they would play. So it's going to be the third weekend of December. So December sounds like it stays the same. We're going to get our championship games. We're going to get Army-Navy. And then this year it would be Friday the 20th and the 21st would be the first round of the, of the playoffs. Four games. The four, the, uh, uh, the four teams get the buys. The other eight teams are going to play. So there'd be a game on Friday night, then three separate windows on Saturday. Quarterfinals would be the 31st and the 1st of January. So the Rose Bowl gets their date. Semifinals then played a week later, the 9th and the 10th. And the championship game this year would be played on Monday, January 20th. Woo. How about that? Buckle up. That is good. Buckle up. How long have we been asking to extend I this college football season? Couldn't I? I'm just giddy. It goes I, too fast. It does. Dot dot dot. But now this way is going to extend it out until the third weekend in January. Mm-hmm. Trent, I may have to stay another year. I don't want to miss this. <laughs> I swear to God, this. I mean, this is what we've been waiting for. Oh my God, this is just amazing. But we're. And it's not going to diminish November. It's no. not. I mean, there there would be. It's going to accelerate. It is, and November. it's going to accelerate games this weekend too, yeah. because there'd be opportunities for schools. These games this weekend would matter. Oh boy! You know, I want to go back a couple of weeks, and that's where a lot of people. It felt like we were getting zeroed in, at least in just a few teams, and there was that big conversation happening nationally. Well. If you extend the playoff, it's going to ruin this weekend. It was a lot of, there were some close games. It was the Illinois Michigan weekend. Well, these games wouldn't matter. First of all, that's idiotic. Of course they would matter. Right. You're playing for home field advantage. You're playing for yeah. a pie. Of course these things would matter. Because that was that first round on the 20th and 21st, they're playing on campuses. But you look at other games that weekend, like Kansas State, who in this new format, 12 team, would absolutely have a shot. They would be playing Tennessee this if, if, if the uh, playoff started this year. The Kansas State-West Virginia game that weekend, which was a ho-hum game that really, mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, Casey, nobody yeah, cared about. Uh, people, I remember that everybody liked West Virginia. Yes, they did. State I was won. one of them. Yeah. But if that has playoff implications... And didn't they get a backdoor cover? Something late bit you guys to yes. bet West Virginia, I remember. Uh, West Virginia screwed me a couple of times this and year. And Neil Brown's coming back, by the way, which I is surprising. That would have mattered in a big-time way. It would have been part of the conversation. When North Carolina lost to Georgia Tech, how much that really would have been impactful that weekend. Obviously, the Tennessee-South Carolina game was happening that weekend. USC-UCLA, that was big. Would have been even Mm -hmm. bigger. UCLA getting back in. What's the loss due to USC? Just on and on and on. These are the parts that... I hear people like Ari Washerman, who works at The Athletic and is a loud mouth and a moron, and he's an Ohio State fan, yeah. and because it's about the Buckeyes and Alabama only. That's the only thing that matters to him in college football is just the power brand. Take well, them off the beat. Right. It's just not about that. Mm-hmm. It's about everybody else. And, and think when we get a year where Iowa and Iowa State are really in contention mm-hmm. just to get into the top 12 and have that opportunity, how big that's going to be and a possibility of having a playoff game at Jack Trice, at Kinnick Stadium. Just how monstrous that was. No. Trent, even this Saturday night, 
I mean, I think most eyeballs are going to be on the Big Ten. I don't think it's going to be a very good game. No. I think, I think you know what, we might start there, but but if North Carolina and Clemson is good, and nobody cares about that game outside of North Carolina mm. and Clemson, but that game is for a spot in the playoff. Yeah. I mean, whoever wins that game is in, the loser is out. Uh, so much, uh, so much uh, to play for. So many meaningful games still uh, that are going to be um, on the docket and have huge ramifications. Couple that with the possibility of, say, there is a year where Big Ten second place team they win the tiebreaker. They're seven and two in conference. There's a three way tie. They also had a loss in nine conference. They're nine and three. They're not getting in the playoff unless. They pull an upset mm-hmm. in the championship game mm-hmm. because an automatic bid will come along with it for winning that automatic championship Automatic qualifiers. Game. The first four get the bid. Then. Now, if you're number five, you have to play on the mm-hmm. first weekend. But win and you're, and you're in. in. Yes. And and how important that is. And you're be. at home. If you're the is five. that the way if, it's going to be? the five team will be. If you're the five on the first weekend, you would be at home. No, what I'm saying, though, is if you are a power conference champion, mm-hmm. are you automatically the five seed? No, 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 no. Okay, because you wouldn't then. Say, it, say it's Purdue. Yeah. Wins it. Yeah. They're not going to be the five seed. They'll be the 12 seed. So they're not hosting. Uh, the, the five, four, the five automatic, no, six automatic qualifiers. Yes. I don't know that. I would think that they would host. I don't think so. I think it if was. If you're a champion, you would, you, you, you'd yes. be sent on the road. I think it's going to be seeded. Mm-hmm. You're not going to make Purdue the five seed. No, I would hope not. No, no, no. no. Absolutely That's not. true. You're They're right. the 12th seed. Yeah. Or maybe the 11 over but you're Tulane. In. But you're in. In this scenario. Yeah. And you're in. Right, but you're not, right now, in. you're out. Because right. you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. But you have to win to get in, but you have to win. Yeah, they wouldn't reward you with a five. with a No. And like you said, so many years here recently in the Pac-12, the ACC, mm-hmm. so many of those scenarios that are out there, it is going to accelerate college football oh, to another boy. level. It is going to be absolutely dynamic. And the money the that it's going to bring into oh, this, because oh, oh. now we got to now we got to figure out who's going to get these games. I mean, the way it stands right now, Saturday the twenty first of December. Can you imagine a whiteout <laughs> in Penn State <laughs> with actually white on the ground? Oh my gosh! We'll take a timeout. Kevin Lehman will join us next. Miller and Condon underway on a Thursday Des Moines Sports Station one hundred six point vision dot com. Now back to Miller and Condon on one hundred six point three KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Keegan Johnson has just made it official. He is leaving the University of Iowa. Uh, he is the latest. Well, maybe it's been a couple of minutes. There might have been more sense <laughs> right. to uh, jump into the transfer portal. Uh, but what might have been, huh? Not a surprise. We've been no. speculating about this, not just a year this football season. Going all the way back yeah. to January and the weirdness that has surrounded Keegan Johnson, the mm. saga. Will we ever get the full story? I wish we would, Trent. Oh, it'd be a good one. I absolutely. Let's get the full story from Kevin Lehman on a number of topics. Uh, Kevin, uh, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad that you shared the the story uh, on, um, on on the telecast the other night. So I was watching the game, right, Kev? As as we are, as we do, and you know, you and uh, and, and the the play by play announcer, you do your little open. I'm thinking, wow. Um, he had a toupee all these years. I thought, man, that's a that was a that was a heck of a rug because I thought, you know, if I'm follically challenged, I'm kind of envious of your of, of your head, right? Um, and then you told the story, and and I mean, take it from here. I'm so glad that it's it's turned out the way that it has, and I know that you're very grateful to the good folks at the uh, the V Foundation and all of their research and the folks over at the hospital in Iowa City. It's so good to talk to you, Kevin. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. 
and it was, uh, you know, they asked me to do it. I kind of kept it quiet because I've got, uh, I was diagnosed in August with uh, a B-cell lymphoma cancer. And I tell you, the Holden Comprehensive Cancer Center, they are rock stars. And I still believe that it's uh, groups like the Jimmy V Foundation. And Trent and I have been involved in the Coaches vs. Cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, Trent's got family members been through this. And they've raised those funds to do research. I wouldn't be here today if that research wasn't done. And so I've, I've at least on the right path. I've still got some chemo left and I have to go through radiation, but I am in, after three months, I'm in 100% remission. Uh, so that's, you know, the three worst, the three worst words you ever hear is you have cancer. Yep. And the four best words are you are now in remission. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then the story with Patrick McCaffrey, what he went through and what, uh, that's the Stead family, uh, hospital did over there. The U of I for him is, you know, there's some good endings to this, but I certainly want to get it out there. We need more money for research and to find cures in the future. Because everyone's going to have a family member, yep. a relative, a friend, or someone. I've had three teammates, college teammates, die of, of pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's, that, that one they have not found a cure for. So I'm uh, happy to share it and want people to give, give when they can because this research is so important. Indeed, it is, Kevin. Uh, just the just the the chemo it, it, it itself. Obviously, it cost you your hair. I know that you, you you made a you made a funny during it, right? You're saving money on shampoo and on haircuts, which I guess that's what you have to do, right? You have to have a positive attitude when you know when uh, there is something like that that's uh, that's taking place. Well, Ken, I wanted to be Lance Armstrong. I stayed as active as I could, yeah. And I did that verse. I did the. I was two weeks in the Virgin Islands, and my doctor, Umar Fruk, is a freaking rock star and i and even my girlfriend madonna said it's really important for kevin to be able to go to the virgin islands and do that tournament so he arranged my chemo so it would work right in there and i could make that trip uh because you're what you're you know your your attitude is more than anything mm-hmm. and, and be able to, to to beat this so you know i got to ride a bike every day I, I just i'm lance armstrong man i'm gonna come back and win the uh, tour de france well, rag bribe, maybe. No, maybe you take a small step, <laughs> yeah. <Yeah>, right? <laughs> so I'm at Belmont right now. I've got Belmont on the U tonight. They're opening the Valley against Valpo. Uh, full slate of games. So, you know, it's got to get a little more sleep. And I say you also save money on razors because your beard doesn't grow very fast either. <laughs> gotcha. Good things when you're on TV. Well, you're on TV, ESPN2 on Tuesday night. Got to see the Iowa Hawkeyes in a Another special performance out of Chris Murray. Career high 31 points, also 20 rebounds to go along with it. Oh, by the way, had four assists, a couple of blocks. Now, the question is, we know Chris, when he's at his best, this Iowa team can be very good. When he's not at his best, though, we saw it down in Florida. How good is this Iowa team? Trent, they're going to have problems with physical teams, which TCU did to him. And France said they just beat us up physically. It's a long, athletic team. Uh, you had a Georgia Tech team that was small and quick. Gave them some issues, but you can just tell they're in control of that game. They're really difficult to guard offensively because they can spread you out. Their motion, it's old-school motion, difficult to guard. Rabrasha has a new sense of confidence in him, uh, and they're going to throw it to him, but you're not, people aren't going to double him. I, so I, I like this team. But they will have some issues with physical teams. It's going to be a nice challenge for the Hawks coming up. I think we'll know a lot more about this team because you look at it's a bit of a murder's row. Here. You've got Duke. Yeah, Iowa State. That's, how about 
Iowa State coming into Carver Hawkeye. That is going to be rock, and that's going to be old school, like George Niang blowing kisses right. to the student body. Yeah. I can't wait for that game. And then, then you got Wisconsin as the opener in the Big Ten, so we'll know a lot more about this Hawkeye team. I, but I, I like them. I think this is a team that's a Big Ten is somewhat wide open at the top, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I watch Purdue and I watch Indiana, and those two look as though, at least to me, early in the season, that uh, that they may lead the way. They're maybe one of those teams. Then, then how do you know, how do you count out Tom Izzo? Right, seemingly every year he plays each and every whoever calls, he answers the phone and tries to schedule him. He doesn't duck anybody. Uh, this conference is going to be so much fun. But back to uh, back to Iowa just for uh, for another second. Then I want to bounce around with you because I do want to get to the Valley uh, and uh, the the Indiana State Drake game last night. And I don't know if you saw it, but those are two teams that are going to be um you know very, very obviously uh, very instrumental on the way that this thing ends I want to ask you about uh, about Eulis your th- your thoughts on him now he had a str- he struggled in the game that you did uh the pr- game prior to that I think he was like six for seven or seven out of eight your thoughts on Eulis in in the starting lineup in Sanford coming out you know I asked Fran about that it was uh he said he didn't like to do it because it was nothing against the way Stanford was playing but it gave him some more quickness in the backcourt with Eulis in there, a little more speed with the basketball. And I kind of like Stanford coming off the bench. you got to go way back to my days at Northern Iowa with Cam Johnson and Troy Mulberg. We bring those guys off the bench, and they're, I mean, their hands are cocked, ready to fire. And those are six men that can change the game. I, I kind of like that, uh, that instant offense that Stanford can give him, although he hasn't shot it well the last couple games. But we know it's there, so... To answer your question, I think it gives them more quickness. I think Perkins, when healthy, mm-hmm. is an all-Big Ten guard. Mm-hmm. I love his game. Big, physical, and fearless. And I tell you what, guys, you got to talk about Connor McCaffrey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, people criticize that kid. Mm-hmm. I love him. He makes plays, and he is one pass ahead. When you, when you go to practice, he runs the second five, and Fran doesn't even go near him. He lets Connor run that. Second five, that right. kind of fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, not surprised. He's, he's an assistant coach. He's just not getting paid for it. <laughs> not too bad, right? And you get an extra assistant out there. If uh, Euless continues to struggle with his shot, we know what he is as a defender. He can distribute. He can do those things. But if the offensive game doesn't really click for him as a shooter and a guy even getting to the rim, could we see Connor McCaffrey back in the starting lineup here? You know, I don't think so. Uh, I think the reason coach likes Connor, well, I know it is, because he can guard four positions. He's kind of his utility guy that he can bring in wherever he needs him. He can bring him in for the point guard and move Perkins back up there. He can bring him in at a four or five. Uh, but you look at Ulysses now, he still has five assists and no turnovers. And I don't necessarily think they need him to score because they have so many scoring options with McCaffrey, of course, Chris Murray and Rebrosh's confidence in Perkins. So I don't – they need him more as a distributor and a ball defender. Uh, I think it gives them more pressure defensively. Because this – you know, the last two years, France had a better defensive team than we've given them credit for. Mm-hmm. Kevin, uh, last thing. Uh, Drake and Indiana State last night, uh, the curtain went up on the, on the Valley season. Uh, they'll get back into it in January here, but you know what? I was uh, I was thoroughly entertained by that basketball game. Really was Drake. Yeah, they got beat, but they uh, they fell behind early, came back, took the lead in the basketball game. Avila made some big shots down the stretch. Uh, it was good to see. I think that this loss, when uh, you know we look back at the year, this might be uh, gets Devries Club attention uh, that they that may, it's not going to be the cakewalk.
cakewalk that everybody just assumed uh, and all your fan base was telling you that it's going to be? Well, I had Drake at uh, Virgin Islands along with Belmont, so I had him three times down there, and Tucker DeVries was fantastic. I mean, he was dynamite. He had that championship game. He scored 22 on five shots. Now, he struggled last night. Uh, Penn went off for the 32. Yeah. I tell you what, guys, I've told you, I may have told you this before, but Indiana State, they are my sleeper team. They are the spoiler team in the Valley. They play a fast style. When you watch them practice, they're, they're what I call Nick Nursey. They're, they're Nick Nurse. They're going to chart threes, and they chart scores at the rim. They don't want contested twos. It's the NBA type of style. And that Robbie uh, Avila that you talked about, yeah. the, the Panthers wanted him bad in really? the recruiting battle between Indiana State and Northern Iowa, and they won that battle. Uh, he's he's getting a bit, you know he's a big time freshman. He's going to be a good player for them. And they got the transfer from DePaul, uh, McCauley. That's really good. But you know, back to Drake. They're, they're missing, if they're missing anything, it's Tremel Murphy, that enforcer, frontline defender. Sturtz has to take on that role. I love Garrett Sturtz, but he is, I always call him Rudy. He's six foot nothing, he weighs 100 nothing. <laughs> yeah, he is. Six, 370 pounds, and he'll, but he's got to guard some little six, five, 210 pound dudes that try to post him up. Murphy did that for him last year. That's the one change in this team that I've seen from a year ago. Speaking of battles, keep fighting yours, uh, Kevin Lehman. It's great to see that uh, you're as positive as you are and that the news that you've been receiving is as positive as, as it is, has been. The Herald, come back one day, my friend. Uh, Kevin, <laughs> thank you for doing this. We'll look forward to catching up with you a bunch during basketball season. Really grateful right, if you're coming thanks. on. Thanks, guys. If you can, uh, everybody give, give to the Jimmy V Foundation or Coaches First Cancer because we need the re- money for research. Indeed we do. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Yep, take care. All right, we'll take a time out NFL conversation with the Packers and then the Chiefs. That's next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. December 3rd. Let's get right to it. Dave Sinekin joins the program. He covers the Green Bay Packers. Dave has talked about the Green Bay Packers on the radio in the Twin Cities in year number 27. How about that? Year 27 for Packer Preview. Uh, you can read them at zonecoverage.com, zonecoverage.com. Dave, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. Uh, I guess we seemingly have, it's been all Aaron Rodgers every time weekly we talk to you. I get it. Um, um, but, boy, it's, even next year, this is when it's about to get interesting, I think, for the Packers, right? If it doesn't end well this year, he's got a guaranteed contract next year. I guess they could keep him and just put him on the bench and pay him. Uh, that's certainly not the, the the best way to handle it. What's going to happen here, Dave? How does this work out? Yeah, it's totally up to Aaron Rodgers, guys. You know, it, it is a guaranteed contract uh, for next season. Gets paid about $60 million. And Jeez. whether he decides to come back and play or decides you know what, I'm going to go do my own thing. And not many people would walk away from $60 million guaranteed. But something tells me that that's something Rodgers might just do if if he just decides, you know what, I, I, I think I've had enough. But, you know, it's in his court. And we do know this, barring a setback, he's practicing today. Uh, he'll be out there Sunday playing against the team he owns, whether it's the last time or, <laughs> yep. or, or one of the last times. He'll be out there this week again. So let's say this continues to go south. You got a big decision with Jordan Love, fifth-year team option, what they're going to do there. 
Could we see the last couple of weeks of the season, even in healthy Aaron Rodgers sitting on the sidelines and putting the signals into the backup in Jordan Love? Well, we better. I mean, for my yeah, money, I, nope. I think once Green Bay is officially eliminated, and we all know they're not going to the playoffs, right. I believe it's about a 3% chance. But out of respect to number 12, you know, until they are mathematically out, he should be the guy in my book. But once that that is over, whether that's uh, Sunday or, you know, following their bye week, if it's happened, uh, it has to be Jordan Love time. And I, you know, you look at the two games coming out of the bye, they're primetime Monday night against the Rams, and then Christmas Day in Miami, and then two home mm. division games. That's a nice little set of four games to to give uh, Love a chance to show what he can do. So, yeah, I, I absolutely believe, and even some of the words Rodgers has used, I think, he understands that once the playoffs are off the table, I think he gets why the organization wants to see what Love can do. What have you seen uh, out of Jordan Love? Whether it be preseason, I mean, we've seen him briefly this year, right? Do you think he's cut out to be an NFL quarterback? I mean, it's not. It's obviously, it's not far to Rogers to Love. I mean, I think I don't think anybody thinks it's just going to be smooth sailing uh, as it's been for the last two quarterbacks. But what have you seen, Dave? Yeah, well, we haven't had a chance to see a lot, right? Um, I, I know this, that the two times he stepped in have both been with very little notice. Obviously, last week it was the middle of the game, but even the, the game at Arrowhead last year, he didn't know until a day or two before with, with the COVID situation. Both times he's had to step in with very little notice on the road, prime time against really good teams, whether it was Kansas City or Philly. Last year it was kind of a deer-in-headlights operation. It didn't look real good. Obviously, last week he stepped right in and, and just looked like he had command, like the game wasn't too big. So I think we've seen a step that he looks like he understands that, you know, what his obligations, what his responsibilities are. I think we've seen that step. And what we sometimes forget is how young he was when he was drafted. He's, he's younger than Kenny Pickett. You know, he's, is he really? he's a young guy. It's not like, yeah, he's like five months younger than Pickett. So it's not like he's wasting his prime, but right. his time is coming. And, and I, I'm, really anxious to see what he can do. I mean, there is a scenario where the Packers showcase him the last four weeks and they trade him this offseason mm. and know that Rodgers is their guy for a couple more years. So, so many possibilities, but yes, uh, I think from, you know, even Darius Slay on his podcast this week said, man, that guy, he's the real deal. I can tell. Uh, look what he's done, you know, with Christian Watson last week. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I want to see what he can do. I mean, he's waited for three years. He's learned from Rodgers. He's learned from LaFleur. Seems to understand the offense. Get Romeo Dobbs back with those two running backs and see what love looks like running this offense for three or four weeks. Aaron Rodgers, a different guy. I uh, saw his former backup, Deshaun Kaiser, was on a podcast this week and said the first thing that Aaron Rodgers ever said to him is, do you believe 9-11 was real? Something along those lines. I mean, just really? it, it hasn't gotten a lot of buzz. Has that been a conversation at all in, in Green Bay circles? I know it hasn't kind of hit the big national scene at this point, but boy, I mean... Uh, what a thing to say to a rookie quarterback, huh? Yeah, that, that hit my Twitter timeline. I think a few Viking fans were happy to make sure I saw that. <laughs> right. um, I, you know, guys, I'd like to say I'm shocked. I'm yeah. stunned. Can you believe it? But the last 12 months, yeah. 18 months following Aaron Rodgers, I, I think we've learned a lot about what this guy's all about. So, yeah, that's unbelievable. And mm. yeah, it just it, it makes you think. But it's like, you know, when Brett Favre was the Packers quarterback, for me, he walked on water. He yep. could do no wrong. And, and now if you said, hey, want to go have a beer with Brett Favre? And he's buying. 
I'm saying, you know what? There's a Netflix series I'm really enjoying. I'll take a pass. No, I'm with you 100%, uh, and I was a huge fan too. Last thing, we'll get you out of here on this. Christian Watson seemingly uh, looks like um, uh, that, that this wasn't a miss by, by any stretch of the imagination. Year didn't start well. Very first pass, we get that. It looks like they have something in Christian Watson. 6-5 with a 4-3-6-40 that? time. That's something you cannot coach or teach, obviously. I was at that Cowboy game when the light bulb went on and just watching him on the sidelines, watching the players around him after those first two drops and then uh, the three touchdowns that happened. Six touchdowns the last three weeks. He gets separation. He understands how to run a route. I mean, the sky is the limit. He's got a long way to go. He's a rookie. But, man, oh, man, uh, what he has shown the last three weeks shows that, yeah, I think you know Green Bay traded up and gave up a bunch to, to go up and get that guy. It means you almost have to be right. And uh, so far, it's been injury plagued. He got a late start, but he's starting to show flashes of what he might become. Thank you, Dave Sinek, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Appreciate you coming on. Anytime, guys. Have a good week. Yep, you do the same. Dave Sinekin from the Packers to the Chiefs. The Chiefs, the one seed. Oh, what a collision we've got this week. Mm -hmm. It's the Bengals, and it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Nick Athen, you can follow him on Twitter at Chiefs Insider. You can read him at one of two places, primetimesportstalk.com or chiefsfocus.com. It's Joe Burrow. It's Patrick Mahomes. It is on this weekend, Nick Athen. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm ready for the rumble in the jungle. Gonna be great. I mean, yeah, this game last year was so spectacular. It really was. Uh, Cincinnati got off to a slow start. A lot of people thought "Eh, it's just not going to happen for them this year. But the offensive line is seemingly holding up. This will be a good test for them, but it'll also be a good test for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think going on the road. uh, I get it. Right now, the playoffs would go through Arrowhead Stadium, uh, but there's still a lot of football to be played. I know it's a cliche, but it's true. Uh, But this would be a good test for both of these teams, Nick. Yeah, I think for the Chiefs, I think I, I think I'm I'm actually preferring that this be in Cincinnati. You know, they played terrific on the road this year. They've gone into some hostile environments and, and with the Chargers and the Bucks and, and the 49ers and, and they've taken care of business and I think that's gonna give them a lot of confidence, you know, to go into Cincinnati on the Bengals home turf and, and uh, you know, just show that uh you know, they're still the team to beat. Everything goes through Arrowhead for the AFC title. Uh, Bengals got them twice last year, mostly because, you know, the Bengals made some adjustments in the second half. The Chiefs made a lot of mistakes. There were some coaching issues in the championship game, just a lot of missed opportunities. And, you know, this is the game, though, uh, above any other on the schedule that if you ask any Chiefs player they were looking forward to doing, this was number one on their hit list is to go into Cincinnati and prove that, you know, last year was a fluke. And, and that's their mindset going into uh, Sunday. That makes a lot of sense, and, and obviously their heads are going to be screwed on straight. This Kansas City team, just uh, the way that they've been able to evolve this year, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, there was hope that maybe he'd be the guy, then you get Pacheco out there. Just all these new pieces, and it's so seamless the way they do it. How much is that Andy Reid, and how much is that just having the best quarterback in the game in Patrick Mahomes? I think it's just having the best quarterback yeah. in the game and who just bought into the system. Okay, we're going to – hey. We're going to, I'll tell you what, Patrick, we're going to trade uh, Tyreek Hill. Do you care? Well, yeah, I care, but here's what we're going to do instead. And he goes, okay, I'll just spread the ball around. And, you know, you just look at uh, what nine guys caught passes the other day, um, you know, at home against the Rams. And you just look at what he's done. And I, I think it's, I think it's incredible that they are, have more touchdowns, more first downs. Uh, more yards. I mean, all these superlatives and all these statistics that are greater than they were at this point last year with Tyreek Hill. 
And that just goes to show you got a great quarterback, you got a great head coach, and and uh, uh, you know Andy Reid. And I think also this has a lot to do with Matt Nagy. Uh, I know Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator, and he deserves a lot of credit. But Matt Nagy has really put his stamp on this offense, and he has been teaching Patrick on a daily basis. You know, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to look out for. He's the guy who's keeping his mechanics in check. You know, something Mahomes has talked about a lot, but. When you've got a generational quarterback and you've got a guy that, you know, whether that's one second on the clock or 60 minutes to go, you got a better than, you know, 50, 60% chance to win every single game you play. That's, that's unique. Speaking of Matt Nagy and Patrick Mahomes, did you hear the story that, uh, that uh-huh. Patrick Mahomes told on the, on the Kelsey Brothers podcast? This is remarkable. <laughs> so I want to take you back to Patrick Mahomes' draft year. Right. And, and they all do their pre-draft visits, right? They go around from team to team to team if there's, if there's interest. He gets to Kansas City, and prior to meeting with Andy Reid, Matt Nagy takes him aside <laughs> and gives him a cheat sheet as to some of the plays that, that Andy Reid is going to ask him about. So Patrick Mahomes goes into the pre-draft meeting with Andy Reid, yep. who at the time still wasn't sure that this was his guy. Matt Nagy wanted him badly. Matt Nagy clued him in as to what Andy Reid is going to ask him prior to the meeting, and the rest is history, damn it. You know, it was a terrific story. I mean, that, that podcast, first and foremost, is the best out there. There's just none better. But for Patrick to describe that, I mean, Nagy gave him, you know, the, the playbook and said, yeah. okay, here. Memorize this overnight. And what does the kid do? He memorizes it overnight. You know, and what I thought was interesting you know, later in the podcast is he said, hey, you know, he gave the Chiefs a heads up. He wanted to go to Kansas City. I, I, I knew the Steinberg uh, people wanted him to go to Kansas City. And he said, hey, you know, there's some teams that, you know, if you get me past 12 or 13 are going to take me. And, you know, I'm just giving you a heads up. If you're going to move up, and you're probably going to have to get in front of Houston and Cleveland. Uh, or Houston ended up moving up with Cleveland's pick. Um, and the Saints were there. Saints, so yes. I just thought that was fascinating that he just disclosed all that. Yeah. And I think it's just part of the charm you have with Patrick, and you know, <laughs> he's just that he is what he is and who he is, and it's a great story. And but all the cards lined up. He was going to be a Chief no matter what I think, and, and it just worked out perfectly. Obviously, now maybe for Chiefs fans, it did not for Broncos, Chargers, oh, or Raiders sorry, fans. <laughs> hey, I got a solution for your Broncos. You what is it? Lay it on me because I'm all ears. I, I will fix this for you, and I will make them competitive. Okay. Number one, yes. obviously you're going to fire the head coach. Yep, and the GM. Number, number two, you're going to fire the GM. Yep. And number three, you're just going to, you're going to cut bait with Russell Wilson. I agree. You're going to take the cap hit. You're going to trade away some of your top players, and you're going to get draft picks, and you're going to bring in the Manning family. You're going to come <laughs> in and reshape this organization to where they can be competitive again. If they don't do all four of those things, I've known you what over three decades. Yeah. You will continue to you will continue to suffer. That is the only way to fix this mess. Yeah, I don't disagree. The Denver Broncos, the second longest drought of playoff appearances in the NFL, behind only the Jets, mm. and they could have the longest if the Jets get in this season. Yeah. We'll get you out on this, Nick Atha, joining us, talking Chiefs and well, we thought it was going to be a fun division this year. That's obviously Yeesh. not the case. Yeah. What team does concern you the most in the AFC, though? Miami Dolphins. Uh, really? Just because. Uh, just because we don't know if Tua can keep it going. We know they have a great defense. They clearly got the best, you know, offensive assistant to become the head coach. You know, uh, he, he's been he's been brilliant in Miami. And I think you just look at the way this team is playing with a lot of confidence. Uh, you know, they don't really know what they don't know yet. It's all kind of new. 
and they're just excelling. I mean, they're leading the division. Uh, they get to play the Bills again. They got a huge game against the 49ers. This is going to tell me a lot about Tua, you know, what kind of quarterback he is, if he can go up against a defense mm-hmm. like that, who are playing a lot better now than, than when the Chiefs played him. Um, but the Dolphins, to me, scare me the most out of any team out there because there's not a lot of history between the two teams. There's a lot of unknowns, and they remind me a lot of what the Bengals became in the, in the second half of the season last year. Uh, they just make plays, and they're well coached, and that team scares me more than any other uh, you know, to come to Arrowhead for an AFC title game or in a, in a second-round game, uh, that would make me the most nervous of any team. PrimetimeSportsTalk.com, ChiefsFocus.com for Nick Gathen. Nick, uh, great stuff today. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the road, brother. All right. My pleasure, guys. Take Thank care. Thank you. Nick Gathen on the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a fascinating story on the, on the Kelsey yeah. podcast. Nat Nagy. Uh, good stuff. Hour two coming up next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.